0: Welcome back here to the 3 a.m. Coney. I am Matt here with Lucas from Chicago. We are sitting here even before recording, talking about how amazing the Bengals are doing the Joe Burrow experience that we are all just along for the ride for. We were talking about it last year on the Coney. We knew it was going to happen. Eventually, we thought they were going to win a few more games last year than they did, but now. The Bengals are shocking the world going from the bottom of the power rankings to now in the top 10, top eight, almost top five of all of them. I mean, it helps that the Chiefs are doing terrible, but the Bengals are shocking the world and this is just the beginning.
1: Yeah, but what's amazing about this and what I keep emphasizing, um, you know, because one of the slogans we've tossed around, Matt, is that we've been following Joe Burrow from the 740 to the 513, right? The whole time. Shocking, wow, out of nowhere. These descriptors of the Cincinnati Bengals are not proper words to use for anybody that knew this kid from the 740, right? From Southeast Ohio. I mean, you talk to any high school that the kid played, right? One of my favorite stories that I've ever been told was my by Matt Frazee, he did color commentary with me when I did play-by-play down in Athens. And, and he told me this story, they went up to Steubenville. Steubenville was this big power. Joe Burrow had this great sophomore year, so they scheduled hard, right? They scheduled tough Steubenville. And they walk in there, and the Steubenville play-by-play guy comes up to Matt, and he goes, hey, man, you know, I've seen your Joe Burrow kids. got great numbers. uh, But he ain't ever played a team like Steubenville, so we'll we'll see how good he is today. (laughs) Well, after they blow him out, and Joe Burrow's got his hat and his smile on like he's had the last two weeks, blowing out the Lions and the Ravens, that play-by-play guy comes over. He talks to Matt, and he goes, that's the best damn quarterback I've ever seen play football, ever. And, you know, and he was talking about everybody. Yeah. Um, because of the way he played the position, right? The beautiful thing about quarterback, it's not about one thing. It's about many, many things going right at once. And the beautiful thing about quarterback is the, it's the ultimate leadership position. And what Joe Burrow has always understood about leadership, and whether this comes from his father or his older brother's, What he's always understood about leadership, and we see this transforming the culture of the team, and it perfectly fit with Zach Taylor's message, leadership is not about carrying your team to victory. It's helping guys see that they can carry themselves, that they can break tackles, they can run perfect routes, that they can be on time and efficient, that they can make the right blocks, they can be a dominant player. That's what great leaders do is they help others realize their potential, not just carry the team to victory. And that's what we're seeing with Joe Burrow. Nathan White came on our podcast last year, Matt, and he said, this is a quote, I swear to God, guys would be able to block people they never should have been able to. And we're seeing that right now with the Cincinnati Bengals. Quentin Spain right now is the best guard in the league by some metrics. That should not be happening. It's it's that it's the confidence it's the thing you can't put your finger on so when we say the word shocked and surprised nobody that has experienced the culture that this player leader brings all the way back since 2013 when he came onto the scene in high school it's not shocking to those that have been paying attention and if now you've the world's been paying pay. attention yep if you've been paying attention this is the quarterback prodigy you were never told about this is the this is the American football story that we all should have been paying attention to that everybody missed I mean it's one of the greatest stories I've ever heard um and, and if you could you just track it all over I there's just there's so much to say that we have filled an entire podcast with with things to say and I, I mean this... can't can't get many things to say with Joe Burrow
0: I mean we could probably rename this to the Joe Burrow podcast, plus a few other things, because we talk about him 90% of the time, and there's good reason. And you brought it up that... Joe Burrow can be the quarterback that puts the team on his back. He loves that pressure. He, I mean, you you just posted the fourth down stat. He feels that pressure, and he steps up to the challenge, and he plays better when he's under pressure. He plays better in those primetime games than when there was a, a lot of people watching. And last year, we saw flashes of that because I think he felt like he had to put the team on his back. There they were struggling in so many areas where it was – well, if Joe Burrow plays out of his mind, the Bengals have a chance to win this game. And now, fast forward to this year, you have everything working, and Joe Burrow is making all of those aspects that are good, great. The defense is is up to par and is is are already blew out their their sacks from last year. It's, I mean, the offense is starting to roll now. I still don't know how they lost to the Bears, but we'll move past that. This is a different team than, than when they played the Bears. And with Joe Burrow continuing to have that ability to put the team on his back, but not needing to, you, you have you have teams putting in their second-string quarterback in the fourth quarter because the Bengals are up by 30. And if that continues, that's, that's what everyone's seeing. And they're going, okay, the Bengals are for real.
1: Yeah, and the next step is, and Joe Burrow said it, That that's the quote to watch this week. This is who we are now. What he's trying to instill and in why Jamar and Joe Burrow were walking calmly into the locker room, because the NFL, you know, it's, it's not for long, right? Not for long, not for long. Joe understands, and he's built for this. He wants to turn this into sustainability, into an expectation, because so many times in Cincinnati, when we've had this type of win, it's... <gasps> Whoa! Like, it's over the top. Where did
0: that come from? Yeah.
1: Celebration. And you saw that in the locker room with guys like Uzama. And and you saw Eli Apple. I don't know why he's talking about a former MVP and Lamar Jackson like that. We do play them later in the year. But, right, <laughs> you see that old Bengals attitude still popping up there of like, wow, yeah, we did it. We're the Bengals now. And I love that. And it's okay for those guys to have it. But it's so important that the two best players on the team are walking in the locker room. Like, fellas, we've been doing this together for the last three years. This is what we do. On to the this next. What we, we knew we it was going to happen. Yep. This is the expectation. And that is so important for building long-term success in the NFL. Because I, you know, everybody's getting really excited about this year. And I absolutely love it. I am so thrilled for this year. I think that this team, if everything goes right, if they stay healthy in spots, can be a, a team that wins playoff games, a team that, uh, who knows with Joe Burrow? Anything's possible, right? But I have been always looking at this of how do we how do we change the Bengals so that I can when I whenever I have a kid, I can teach them to be a Bengals fan and not feel guilty about it. not feel. I don't like you
0: to. are you are punishing this child to a lifetime of heartbreak and disappointment.
1: And and we saw the same story with the Indianapolis Colts where Peyton Manning comes in and he not only changes that version of the Colts, but their entire organization operates differently now. They are a a more well thought of, more respected, more accomplished, more consistently in the picture organization now because of the culture and everything that happened under Peyton Manning.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And Joe Burrow was just the perfect guy to come in and and get that – Push the Brown family forward because he's their type of football player. Just loves the game. And it, it was a perfect storm, a perfect combination, a perfect American sports story. And everybody freaking ignored it. Everybody ignored it. They wanted to talk about Tua. They wanted to talk about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is, this can get really big. And that's why there's been big ratings. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow could be the superstar in the NFL someday. Like the, 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 Headliner.
0: People are starting to notice, and now we have. I mean, no one, no one thought the Bengals were going to do much this year. I mean, outside of us and anyone who was paying attention. But um, this, I, ju- I just saw this come in from a Pro Football Focus. The Bengals are at forty percent probability to win the AFC North right now. Ravens at thirty-five percent. Browns at 19% and Steelers down at 6%. So the Bengals are now the favorites to win the AFC North and if you bet on that before the season started, you could probably retire because I'm pretty sure they were the lowest odds to win the AFC North in the preseason.
1: Plus 2000, uh, I believe I got it at plus 2000. There you go. Um, the Joe Burrow there's, in our,
0: the, there's our there's uh, our Coney lock of the year. If you I don't I don't remember if you mentioned I, that, no, but no, no, no. you probably you probably, Lucas said bet the house on it if you listen to the podcast.
1: <laughs> Comeback player of the year was a really lock bet. I, I said the mm-hmm. fun bet, you know, the fun bet I mentioned was MVP. Yeah. And the, the reason I really, the problem is Tom Brady. Like, I just don't see anybody else but Tom Brady winning the MVP this year. I think Tampa Bay is only going to lose two games, maybe, down the rest of the way. And I think the Bengals would have to get 14 wins to overcome the storyline of everybody wanting to give the 44-year-old the MVP award, especially a guy in Tom Brady who probably is missing some MVP awards for what the type of player he is. Yeah. Um, so that's what's getting in the way of that, maybe some other circumstances. But if you look at the numbers, yards per attempt, completion percentage, Just the pure record of the team, the storyline, the development, the connection with Jamar Chase, the common factor is Joe Burrow. You can see that if this team gets ultra hot, like if we're at the start of a Joe Burrow experience where it clicked like it did at LSU and just nobody can stop them and they sweep the division and they beat the Chiefs at home and they win in Las Vegas and they're just through the rest of the season and Joe Burrow throws 46 touchdowns, like, yeah, he'll win MVP. And that's on the table now. And that's what's so exciting is everything's on the table, Matt. Yep. And, and that's what a win like that does is, is you sit there. I sat there in a Chicago establishment and I was happily talking as much smack as I want because it's different now, <laughs> right? I, I stood up and said, I stood up and said this uh, while Jamar was breaking tackles. I stood up and said, take a look, everybody to everybody that wasn't watching the Bengals game. Everybody had their eye on the Packers game, right? I said, take a look, everybody. That's the best receiver in the NFL. And they just, and some guy screamed out, oh, that's a hot take. I'm like, he leads the NFL in receiving yard. <laughs> it's not a hot take, man. Like, it's it's a fairly reasonable hot take. You know, maybe you don't yeah. agree with me. Maybe it's Devontae Adams. I get it. But we're in that space. We're in that territory where we can start dreaming the big for him, I
0: mean, he he is potentially shooing for rookie of the year. He's about to win another rookie of the week four times in six or seven weeks and he's he's at what he's at he he just had 200 yards receiving in a touchdown just broke the rookie record for most receiving yards in the first seven weeks he's averaging 20 yards a catch like that is ridiculous absurd that is absurd that means he is Essentially unguardable, and if if Burrow just throws it up there, it's gonna be it's going to be a catch. He has barely any drops, and then it's a that run after the catch, after contact. It's I dare you to take him down because it, it, he's he's gonna take it the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, I mean this is just this is this has Peyton Manning Marvin. I mean any duo you put on it with the start they've had, how how is it statistically crazy to think that they can't be? one of these all-time duos, Matt. I mean, that's why not dream the big dream. Like the only reason that you shouldn't be thinking this is a Super Bowl quarterback, this could be the reincarnation of some really great quarterback-wide receiver duos in the past. I mean, you're getting Montana and Rice thrown out there. I'm not saying they're that, but like that's the space we're living in. That's the world we're living in. The only reason to not allow yourself live in that space is old Bengals thinking it's these stripes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that type of thinking. Not the
0: new stripes. If we're we're going to come the out. the old stripes.
1: If we're going to come out and pretend like, well, I don't know, let's let's all slow down. That's still the Bengals. I do They got to go on the road to Vegas, and then the, the Jets. It's I, I, no, we're done with that. That game was literally the end of it. We should have realized it was probably the end of it when they blew out Pittsburgh on the road too. It's over, guys. You know the Athletics said it best in one game. Joe Burrow makes in race races his history. And that's what I've been telling everybody. The reason you get this guy is because the Bengals have always had talent, but they've never had a guy that when the pressure ratchets up, he rises with it. The last guy you had like that was probably Ken Anderson. But even then, it's like, yes, Ken, Ken Anderson's a Hall of Famer. Yes, great player. But those Bengals teams were trying to figure themselves out in the 70s, and they had 81 MVP candidate. Boomer Assisen said himself that he wasn't as calm as Joe Burrow is right now. When he was a young player in the league, he's second gonna...
0: year coming off an injury, and this is the Joe Burrow that we're getting. That's and,
1: and what's kind of scary is it just seems like he's plays a different game when when it's like twelve PM. Like he's just kind of mathematical about it and surgical about it. But you saw what happened when the lights turned on and they were down fourteen. And that's the player you're gonna get in playoff games. Yep. This is bullshit. Time for me to take over. You've got that within him. You've got the calm leader. You've got the poised. Hey, we won. We need to just move on. It's like a football dream for a coach, for an organization, for a fan base that's so desperate for it. Uh, Every price we paid as fans is being repaid to us with Joe Burrow. And it needs to be all love and respect. I mean, we need to be the biggest stands of anybody for this kid for the next 15 years. I mean any slander against and, him should be a crime in the city of Cincinnati.
0: And you know we will be and that's why I have to bring up the barometer. I'm at a 13 out of 10 on the barometer right now. You are
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I am what's funny is that now that it's happened like this, the 4117, now I am higher than I've ever been because I never thought it was really possible for Joe Burrow to do what he did in the TVC back in Athens to where it was just not fair in the SEC with 60 touchdowns and it looked automatic, but then you see 41-17, you go, oh, 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 crap. Wait a minute. 400 yards and three touchdowns in Baltimore, Matt, has only been done by one other player, Peyton Manning. Mm. Back when he was in Denver, like Peyton Manning grown up, full-blown Peyton Manning. That's what this kid just... Final
0: form, Peyton Manning.
1: So my bra, it's now it's like, okay, well, if he can do this in the NFL, if it, what he did in the SEC and then what he did in the TVC and what he did probably in like third grade, whatever, if it's just continuing on, then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to change the way people in Cincinnati and, and Southern Ohio, it's going to change the way they feel about themselves. That's what type of transformation this is going to be. I mean, talk to Niners fans about Joe Montana. Talk to Patriots fans about Tom Brady and how that that type of greatness and attitude almost it probably didn't actually change their lives, but it made them feel like it changed their lives. I mean, I, I did an interview I with that Chicago sports podcast. Yep. There was a Chiefs fan on there and he's just sitting there the whole time. I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I'm a Chiefs fan right? And that's what's coming for us. I'm so
0: excited. Yeah, it gives people this when the team's doing well and they can't lose. It's like Patriots fans. It's like, my whole life is shit, but we've won five Super Bowls in the past decade. It's, I mean, it gives them this false sense. And Bengals fans deserve that. And for Joe Burrow to be able to come in and give us that, but you mentioned Montana. So we have to talk about how the national media, what their barometer was at, what it's at right now, especially with um, with uh, with Colin Calhoun talking about how Jill I, Montana,
1: <laughs> I I talked about it on the audio podcast yep. uh, yesterday, but Colin, uh, I don't know. I think he's just gonna pretend he never said that one. That that's where I'm at with this. We burned him, um, it really ev- eviscerated him. I'm just by, and I, I, you know how long I sat there with that tweet, man. I sat there. I'm like, what, what, what can I say to dunk on coward right now? And mm-hmm. I, I'm just reading the quote I have typed out and I go, this dude dunked on himself. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> just need to a do word
0: anything. for word. You don't need to say anything else. I'm just,
1: just- going to quote him. I this think is what the, the dude
0: fucking yet. said.
1: <laughs> this is what he said right here. This is I, I have no other way to emphasize how you know it just spoke for itself. Yeah, it, you know I, that's one of those that as a fellow person that talks a lot and Colin talks way more than me on air. That's one of those where he's like, rope that one back in. That's the yeah. one he tells his producers. Hey, I know I admit I'm wrong, but that one we're gonna pretend it was never said. <laughs> on our airways, because saying let that, me say
0: i was drunk that day and i don't remember any of it you, you said that the intern brought it up and he was like yeah sure let's let's roll with that and then maybe halfway into that rant he goes oh i guess i gotta own it now well
1: he compared joe montana to a landline phone like that's not going to go over well in san francisco right and, and they've got san francisco they've got this big strong six foot six which i swear to god if i hear somebody else say well, you need a six foot six qu- there is not a single six foot six quarterback in the pro football hall of fame the tallest is peyton manning at six foot five and that's definitely a fudge number he's six four right no he, his
0: forehead is at least eight inches well, the so. forehead probably helps him get yeah. to six five
1: actually that's but fine. he's not like this <laughs> massive man that's like josh allen and like this idea that you need to be six six is just completely made up it's completely made up in fact that six three six four range has the most Hall of Famers in it, which Joe Burrow's 6'3 and a half. So there we go. He's just right there in the range. So I, I just, I despise that entire premise, that entire take, that entire idea. And what sucks is that if you've listened to Colin for 10 years, he's never been that guy. He's been the intangibles, leadership. Don't wear your hat backwards, right? You know, make sure you show yeah. up to work the right way. A don't wear your hat backwards. A quarterback just needs to be able to, like, <laughs> distribute and be there and that's why tom brady wins and then he goes out there and says everything opposite of it that you need to have a big arm you need to be flashy to win and that's just completely opposite of everything that i've agreed with colin with over the last 10 years and it just was unbelievably ridiculous uh and that's all that probably needs to be said about it
0: (laughs) yeah we don't have enough time to unwrap that one um All right. Anything else about the Bengals? I was going to ask with how well this team has been playing across all aspects, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, kicker love being able to throw a not fat kicker out there for 55 yarders and be like automatic right down the middle. Um, But what what areas of this of this Bengals team do you think are not up to par or up to the level that they would need to be to win a playoff game this year and
1: beyond? General depth? So, like, this team can't have a rash of injuries. Like, yeah, I think Joe no. Burrow would put it together, but would they be a a Super Bowl team? No. Like, they need to be perfectly healthy the whole year, have the best injury luck in the league for them to win a Super Bowl. In my opinion Mm. um but to win a playoff game they don't need to be perfectly healthy just decently healthy right but this is the nfl it is a war of attrition this team is going to have to rely on players they probably shouldn't be relying on down the stretch of the season that's just going to happen that will always happen that's the deal in the nfl how you survive that is whether you become a super bowl team or not now um the interior offensive line if i have to pick one position Mm -hmm. where it's a concern right now injuries or not it's interior offensive line still because Trey Hopkins is coming back from that ACL. Uh you know the Lions didn't have great interior rush. They had a pretty decent pass rush on the edges but not a great interior rush. The Ravens were pretty good in that facet. Um but they weren't perfect against the Ravens some low grades there. And the Ravens pass defense on the back end has been so spotty and questionable and Jamar Chase was so good in that game I don't even know if you were relying on the interior defensive line. So if they're going to get beat, it's from that just interior collapse where you can't run the ball all of a sudden. There's penalties that kill drives because they those guys have to hold. You know, you get a dominant interior rusher, and we saw that against the Bears, You know, and it just ruins the game. Yeah. That's, that's still the only small, somewhat, I'm worried about that some weeks, like the Jets this week. If it weren't Mike White at quarterback, I'd be seriously on this. I'd be like, hey, 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 calm down. This is the last road game in a three-game road trip jammed between two massive divisional games with a dangerous young quarterback that if your secondary falls asleep, can rip you up. But now yeah. it's Mike White. so Don't now, let
0: this be a trap game. Yep.
1: Even though the Jets have probably the formula for beating the Bengals, which is really strong interior defensive line play, even if I think the Jets can stall out the Bengals' offense in moments, can force three and outs, which is still a problem, Can there's still slow starts at point for the Cincinnati Bengals' uh offense the problem with that is i don't think the jets can back it up with points on the other end and that's that's why having a top five defense and that's where i was dead wrong about this offseason man i said screw the defense spend on offense have a top five unit offensively and let the defense be what it is that was exactly the wrong strategy and, and it's proving out right now they went inexpensive young on the offense let joe develop everybody to the certain level, and then just spend and spend and spend and spend on defense. Because if those young players have some struggles coming along here, it doesn't matter against the Jets because Mike White's not going to score more than 17 points. So you just need to not turn it over, run the ball some, and score 20. And you win. And that's what that's the space this team is in to where the bar the offense has to reach isn't so high that when they do reach that bar, we expect they start blowing teams out. And the ceiling is just unbelievable here.
0: Yeah, and I mean we saw that against the Ravens in the second half. When the Ravens came out, got the ball, scored. They were winning in the third quarter. Like the you look at that score and you're like, Oh, the Bengals, like their momentum the entire time. But Ravens were winning at a certain point, beginning of the third quarter, and there were some play calls that I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, like the Bengals are are need to keep this momentum up. They need to keep scoring and and continue this. And that's exactly what they did until it got to Samaj Pirine going for the sixty yard run at the end. And you're just like, All right, stop, stop. The Ravens are already dead. <laughs> like this is <laughs> and and for them to be able to get to that point and play on that momentum. If they can continue to do that, they I think they can beat any team in the
1: league. Yeah, there's also a, but, you know, that that small concern I have about the Jets, if that doesn't happen, if the interior of this offensive line is really cleaned up, they're probably going to drop 50 on the Jets' head. And it's yep. going to be, like, 50-6. to six. Joe's going to be resting in the third quarter again onto the Browns. And, like, and the Browns are going to be sitting there like, holy shit. This is going to be a problem. We couldn't stop them last year when Jamar Chase wasn't on the field. Like, you think we're going to stop them now? You think we're going to go into Cincinnati and stop Joe Burrow if they've really hit their stride? Like, that's where you start looking down the schedule and you go, okay, they're favored in, like, almost every game. Are they the better team in almost every game? They'll have the better quarterback in almost every game. And that's why if they can take care of business these two games – All bye week, you and I are going to be talking about the one seed, how that has to be the goal of the season. Every time the Bengals have gotten a bye in the postseason, which is only twice, every time they've gotten a bye in the postseason, they made it to the Super Bowl. Two for two.
0: So that's what they need. You can't lose in the wild card game if you have a bye. If you don't even fucking play that week.
1: (laughs) Well, I just, I would love that stat. The Bengals go out, win a Super Bowl or something, and then the next year they like lose in the wild card game and they go, well, I mean, that's like eight straight wild card losses. Yeah. Like, oh, we got the Lombardi in the back. So, or, or even in Whatever. AFC. I don't care about a Super Bowl, guys. Legitimately, if I sit down on my couch and watch an AFC championship game with the Cincinnati Bengals involved, you color me satisfied. Even if they lose and it's heartbreaking. I mean, I'm just going to be. That's like, still farther
0: elevate. than they've gone before. That's progress uh, after what was the tease of the the 2015 Dalton and and all of those Bengals teams that continued to make the playoffs, but it didn't feel like this. Like we're yeah. still early in the season, but it feels like the team, even the chemistry, and it with in the Marvin Lewis era, in the Andy Dalton era. Things would go well, but you always had that in the back of your head. Uh, they're going to screw up the timeouts. They're going to, like, foot off the gas, and they're not going to be able to to keep up this this pressure and momentum in the second half. And that is falling away. Now, under the Joe Burrow experience, and I, I think a lot of us Bengals fans, we, we are – we're, we're we're still remembering we we have that that PTSD from the past couple of decades but to be able to just look into Joe Burrow's eyes and trust that he he, he he's got us he, he he can handle this he he's going to not allow us to get hurt like that as many times yeah and and
1: and, and that's why I want to go back and I know we're going really long in the Bengals, but
0: That's all right. This is going to be a Bengals-only podcast. We'll do the rest later.
1: They've earned it, right? Yep. I go back to, if you go back and look at our podcast from after the knee injury, that knee injury was the best thing that ever happened to the organization because it gave Joe Burrow something to massively overcome, to prove. I mean, it was like the best way. If you want to ask, hey, how does Joe Burrow prove everything that he talks that he's about, that, oh, I'm all about football, I'm all about the preparation, I'm all about the grind, I'm all about the work. How do you prove that? Well, you go out and you have the best rehab that many doctors have ever seen. You don't take a day off. You don't take a vacation with, like, your family during the rehab process, right? Mm -hmm. You, You absolutely kill it to the point where you walk out to OTAs and you're completely healthy. And 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 what that caused? It's one of the most underrated storylines of the year. Is Joe Burrow being ready for that camp? 100% voluntary participation. They were the only team in the NFL with 100% voluntary participation, and nobody talked about that. Right? That's where. Oh, timeout. That's happening with a second-year quarterback coming off an ACL. He worked that hard in rehab, where the whole team's like, damn. This kid, this kid, this kid, Riley Reef, this kid. Yeah. Riley Riley Reef met Joe Burrow when he was still limping. And he sat there at that steakhouse and he convinced an, a, a really legitimate tackle to turn down an offer from the Minnesota Vikings and come to Cincinnati.
0: Yeah,
1: That's what he did. I mean, I, the, the, the leadership capability there was showcased through overcoming that knee injury. And it also set the damn standard. Joe Burrow outworked that whole locker room, even though he was also recovering from the rehab. He outworked them in the film. He outworked them in the weight room. He outworked them everywhere. And he said, this is the standard. Even if my knee is torn in half and I'm grimacing in pain, this is the standard. And that's the loudest message that grown men can ever hear. And and it just snapped through the entire locker room. It woke the whole coaching staff up. I think they worked twice as hard because we can't ruin this kid. We can't ruin this. This kid's special. He wants to work for us. He, he, this is unbelievable. We can't mess this up. And it also did one thing. It had the Bengals fall all the way to fifth overall where they got to draft possibly the next greatest wide receiver ever. We Jamar Chase. I want everybody to remember this, and I want you to remember it for the rest of your Bengals life. The Cincinnati Bengals do not get to link up Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase if we don't all have to sit there and experience that pain and horrifying terror of, of another quarterback laying there on the turf. We had to experience that and, and what you earn from that, from going through that as a fan base, from pushing through it as a player, as an organization, you earn Jamar Chase, you earn 5-2, and two, you earn all of this. And uh, it's special. And that type of storm to build up in a locker room, I mean, it's – Paul Daner Jr. has been covering the NFL a long time, been covering the Bengals a long time, says he's never seen it. It's very, very rare what's happening. And and that's why – I, I, I'm not going to say it. That's why, I, why, I'm, I'm why there dream. there
0: is no ceiling for this team right now, and that is nothing but hopeful and exciting. All right. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. and Awesome. Uh,
1: Bearcats are awesome.
0: And but. Bearcats are awesome. That's all we got to say about that. Number two team in the nation. Um, and they're going to win it all and never lose lose another game. And they're never going to um, play like they did against Navy ever again. That was fun for everyone involved. Um, all right. Well, that is it from us at the 3 a.m. Coney, satisfying your cravings of Cincinnati sports and more. And absolutely the Joe Burrow experience we'll we'll just have to continue to cover as we have. We we are not surprised in what he is doing because we done knew. We you have you done told you we done told told you. You You you, knew even even Athens and CNM high school and it's we knew
1: I mean, I've told the story the moment I knew. I'm sitting there, you know, a lot of moonshine, Vanderbilt game, getting sunburned half my face. I'm like, there that kid's go. number one pick. That's that, the guy I want.
0: That happened at the Bearcats long game. Long. I thought it was going to be cold and rainy when I went, and this side of my face just got super burnt, and I had sunglasses on, so I had a nice little I think it's gone now. But, yeah. Well, I like the,
1: the two-face action. It's fun.
0: There you go. RPG. All right. Until next time. See ya.